I'm Ryan Milliken from Hardway Performance, and you're listening to The Diesel Podcast. I'm Demetri Miller with No Zone Diesel. This is Anthony Rings from XDP. This is Jaron Holder from Holder Down Performance. Corey Willis from TPI. I'm Drew with D&J Precision Machine. I'm Pinky. And you're listening to The Diesel Podcast. Diesel Podcast. You're listening to The Diesel Podcast. The Diesel Podcast. The one and only Diesel Podcast. Hey guys, we want to thank you for the overwhelming feedback we've had on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, even email with suggestions for guys you want to hear from, topics, things like that. Today's episode came about by a fan's comment on YouTube. He has a 6.7 power stroke, wanted to know how to take his 8th mile time from the 9 second range down in the 8 second range, and even some other topics came up from you guys. So we love your feedback. We need it. Keep rating us on iTunes. Like and share on Instagram and, and Facebook. And if you're on YouTube, leave us a comment with who you'd like to hear from or, or topics. We also want to invite you guys to check out our brand new website. It's the dieselpodcast.com. We've got all of our episodes there. You can comment. You can ask follow-up questions. So if we had a guest on, you wanted to know more about something they said, just comment on there. Let us know. We'll get them back on. Before we get to the podcast, we want to thank the sponsors for this episode, ATS Diesel and PPI. ATS has a ton of 68 RFE options, and 68 RFE has been coming up a lot in your guys' comments and messages. So if you're looking for something for towing or more street performance, go to ATSDiesel.com and check out their 68 RFE packages. And to bring all that power together, if you have a compound kit, aftermarket single turbo, just want a little bit more you know, power on a stock truck, go to PPI.com. They've got everything for Cummins, Duramax, or PowerStroke. Danny, I'm pretty pumped up for today's episode, man. Can I say it first, though? Sure. What's up, Diesel Nation? <laughs> as long as I get to say, keep the shiny side up at the end. You got it. <laughs> We've got Dan Snyder from Snyder Performance Engineering with us today. We're going to talk about more Power Stroke stuff. I'm pretty pumped about it. We've gotten a lot of great feedback from uh, our listeners and questions that they have, so... Dan's a, a leader in in the Power Stroke world and the six seven Power Stroke um, you know performance side and we're gonna grill him today and ask him a bunch of questions. Welcome to the podcast, Dan. Hey, how's it going? Thank you guys for having me again. Definitely, I uh, I wanted to just start off with a question a, a guy had uh, posted on YouTube and he's got a I think it was a 2013 or 14 six seven Power Stroke um, tuned. Um, basically bolt-ons. He took it to an eighth mile track and it ran about a nine second eighth mile. He wanted to get it a little faster. So get it into the, you know, eight second eighth mile. What would he look to do to his truck beyond the basic, you know, tune, um, you know, exhaust intake stuff? Yeah, that's a, that's a pretty good question. Um, there's, there's a few things, uh, a simple thing, uh, just starting with, a a really simple thing to, to go over. Um, the rear locker on this truck, they're, a, they're an e-locker. I'm sure you're familiar with that. Mm-hmm. Um, they kick out at like 25, 30 mile an hour. Um, so if you're moving forward and say you're, you're in four-wheel drive or you're in two-wheel drive and you're moving forward, as soon as that wheel speed hits like 15, 20, depending on how quick it's accelerating, it'll automatically disengage that locker. So you can go from being essentially a posi to, you know, a one-tire fire. Um, the easiest thing to do with that is we sell a, a, a diff lock kit. It's a really simple little module that 
goes on there and basically just takes the computer out of the control side of that, um, and it'll keep that locked in. So as soon as you throw that switch on, that thing is in until you shut it off. So that helps with traction a lot. And um, you know, if you got you got your guy with your your average truck, your regular street tires on it, you know, you go to the track, you're you're gonna spin. You know what I mean? Even even a four wheel drive, the tires will slip a little bit. Um, so that we've actually seen guys cut their 60 foot times down pretty decent just from having adding that locker. You know, you had a lot of guys that didn't even think that they were spinning. You know what I mean? And they they put that on there, and it and it seemed to help with their 60 foot times a little bit. That's awesome. What kind of um, price tag is on an override switch like that? Uh, the the little module we sell it's 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 really simple. It's like 50 bucks. It's Essentially what it is is a modified relay that comes with instructions and everything that you need to put it in. Um, I actually, my wife Amy, we, we, we actually, whenever I did everything and instructions and everything, I literally handed it to her and I said, here's a truck, here's the module, put it in. You know what I mean? And uh, she was more than capable of doing it. She's a keeper then. For sure. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> if, you're, if you have some basic mechanical skills, you can put it in. It's no problem. And it can all be undone also, you know what I mean? So that was a, a very simple thing to do. Um, and, and, you know, and a lot of people might say, well, how do you get to 25 mile an hour and 30 or 60 feet? Well, you don't, but, but having it and not letting the computer have any kind of traction control or being able to shut it off, it'll actually roll that off real slow. So there's a, there's a bunch of things that come into play with it, but it, it seems to help quite a bit. So after they do that that kit and they're you know they cut their 60 foot times down and they're saying I want to go a little bit faster. So probably the truck like on a hot tune would be about 500 horsepower at the tires give or take a little bit. For that for that year, yes. Okay. Yes, we'll what? do about 80 to 100 horsepower more. So on that, you know, say 13, 14, what would be the next upgrade to do on it to just get it a little bit quicker in that that eighth mile. It, you want it from a mechanical aspect or a, a tuning aspect? <laughs> both actually, both would be awesome. Yeah, so. yeah. Um, well, a lot of the tuning, um, like like our hot X tune, um, there's a lot of different things. Like we do, like with this torque converter lockup. Um, you know, a lot of the tunes that guys have, you know, we would refer to as like a can file or something that a lot of people would enjoy to drive and kind of hits like all aspects of, you know, drivability. Those tunes don't have a real aggressive torque converter lockup. Um, so the, the, the shifts are softer. The, the torque converter doesn't hit real hard. Um, it's pulsed in. Um, our hot X tuning, it, it kind of, kind of eliminates that. Um, it's, it's more aggressive. The torque converter, instead of being so pulse whiffed in, it will, kind of go from nothing to locked and you get less slip involved. Um, the other thing in our trans tuning that, that I do differently a lot of other people um, is we, a, lot of, a lot of the tuning, especially the factory TCM tuning, as it shifts it will also unlock the converter and then bring it back in similar to a lot of like the factory Allison stuff um, in the Duramax trucks. Um, and I I basically eliminate that. We we leave the converter locked up. It, it still has its shift time that it takes, you know, to to make the gear change. But when it does, the converter's already in. You know what I mean? Um, so that that shift time, you know, that's that's huge. You know, it, it it cuts it down quite a bit, and that'll knock a lot of time off your ET. 
I mean, even with a factory converter, I know they're being built better and better every year. Would you say that a truck at 550 horsepower could live a long life uh, living it like that? Absolutely. Yeah. They, now, I'd say, you know, the, the pain threshold for that transmission, I'd say, is probably around 650 to 700 horse. They're 100% reliable from there and down. Um, once you start getting above seven, there are some guys that make 850, you know, depending on how they drive, eight, 900 horse on them and sometimes they last you know it just kind of depends on the customer but up to 700 horsepower the the 6r and the converter and everything they they seem pretty stout i mean we we don't see a lot of issues with them until you get to those beyond the tuner type power ranges you know what i mean i just think it's really impressive what these factory converters can take as far as abuse it's unreal absolutely and they the converter for the 6r um it actually they they kind of work different than your average converter. They, the fly clutch um, works almost in reverse of the, of, of like a you know like a 4R or 48 converter or something like that. Um, so I think the way that Ford designed it in general, you know, just speaking in generic terms, they when they when they did that, I think they kind of put a lot of that thought and uh, you know and just holding capacity without getting uh, real crazy on clutch counts and stuff like that. Danny, you had another question that uh, that somebody hit you up with uh, about Fords, right? Yeah, it was a question. It was a really good question, and I uh, get a lot of people bouncing questions off of me all the time, and I love answering them because it gets me part of their gets me involved with their build, and I really keep a close eye on certain people as they progress through their builds. Um, but this one guy I know online, he uh, just friends on social media, if anything. He, I think he lives like five states away. He uh, messaged me and said he's got a 2015 um, really cool um, platinum four-door short bed power stroke. And he wanted to take it to 650. And he was asking questions about um, low-pressure fuel and if these trucks have a hard time maintaining that. Yeah, that's actually a really good question. Um, and there's a lot, this is that whole, like, I think Patrick and I talked about this, you know, a while ago, but, um, you know, everybody gets into that grind with like the Cummins and the Duramax trucks about, you know, you have to have a lift pump. You do on those trucks. You absolutely do. And, uh, on, on the power stroke on the, on the newer six sevens, especially, um, you, you don't need it. <laughs> Honestly, the, uh, the, the, the one, the one, well, the best example that I can actually think of, um, we worked back and forth uh, with Exergy when they were doing their initial stroker pumps for the CP4. And uh, Phil, whenever he did all his bench testing and everything with the pump and they were they were setting up the M-prop and the valve on the pump and everything, they actually changed the way it operates a little bit. And they designed that 10-millimeter stroker pump to work with a factory lift pump. So it's supposed to be that 10 mil stroker pump that they sell is literally a drop-in, you know, 100% drop-in pump. You don't have to do anything with the lift pump or anything like that. So, you know, back to your, you know your question about or the the customer's question about uh about the pumps and stuff. No, I mean they're they're good to they'll flow enough base fuel for I'd say a solid 750 800 horsepower. And I guess he was more going for questions like, is it 
better to have it for preventative maintenance as well, even though that it doesn't need it possibly? Would you still recommend doing it for other reasons or just leave it alone? Yeah, for sure. They do sell, uh, there are some companies that sell um, added filtration kits, um, which we've done those. Those work great. You know, it gives you your standard truck style filter. Um, The one thing to keep in mind that is also a lot different with the 6.7 and the way they operate the fuel system is the the base lift pump pressures are like 70 psi and up and the way that those injectors the 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 same with the lml um the way that those injectors actuate they have to have a base fuel pressure of around 70 psi on that coupler and the injector for it to actually fire right um and the lml has like some weird contraption on it i'm not 100 percent sure on that but i know they have another uh, design in their system um, being that they don't use a lift pump to, to meet that pressure. Um, but they, they have to have that really high lift pump pressure um, to, to actually actuate the injector correctly. And uh, the one thing with like adding a fast or something like that is I think even the newer systems only get up to like 60, 65, um, which is pretty close. But it's one of those things where I'm I'm one of those guys that, you know, I don't like to to really fray from, you know, what they want from the factory. You know what I mean? And uh, mm-hmm. systems are they're up to date and they're a lot better. Um, but, you know, ever since uh, us working with Extrogy and everything and, and me being, you know, going back and forth with Phil on, on this subject, um, you know, and the way the CP4 is lubed and everything, that high base fuel pressure is like, it's it's a big deal for those pumps. So I I personally, you know, if, if we have customers call and ask, I'll tell them, you know, add filters and stuff like that. But until you start going to, like, dual pumps, I wouldn't add, like, I personally wouldn't add, you know, another another lift pump until I started going to, like, a dual pump setup. Or if you're adding, like, a CP3 and you wanted more, um, you know, uh, you're going to need, obviously, more low-pressure pump volume then, you know, that's great, fast air dog, fuel lab especially. Um, that's who we like to use a lot from. Uh, you can basically set it up to run a lift pump straight to that pump. You know what I mean? That seems to be, that, out of all the setups we've done, that's usually the direction we end up going. So, I mean, that just seems kind of unfair. You buy a power stroke. Um, you don't even have to barely do much to it. What are you limited by? Like, your your are you turbo limited at that point? And that <laughs> so like on the 15 truck in this case, um, they're good to about 600 to 620. Um, we've seen to the tire, uh, and then you're basically you're out of air. So you're you're pretty much out of air at that point. And you're at the, about the max for that CP4 also. Um, so that's kind of the limitation. But yeah, you can throw a a program programmer on them and an exhaust and stuff and an intake or something and you're you're at that 600 wheel you know what i mean it's it's pretty impressive for the amount of money see all this power stroke talk has me interested in looking at one <laughs> to say say i wasn't in the market for a <laughs> for a new one but like at 11 to 16 and i you know find a handful of them for sale around me what would you suggest people look for when they go check out one of these trucks or if there's certain years that are more desirable, you know, kind of how, how would you guide someone that that's looking to get into the six, seven power stroke world? Um, so the, so as far as the base engine, so, you know, if you're just going by like the short block side of things, you know, pistons, rods, crank, they're, 
they're fairly similar up to like 2016. Um, they, I would always lean our customers towards like a 15 and up truck because they had turbo issues from 11 to 14. Mm-hmm. Most people know they're all plagued with that that twin sequential turbo setup, uh, that dual boost, and they have a lot of bearing issues and stuff like that, and they come apart. Um, so usually the earlier trucks, you, you push the customer into doing like a 15 turbo upgrade. Um, so if you get a 15 and up truck, you already got the turbo. Um, as far as as far as other things, you know, if you were looking at like an early 11 truck or something like that, uh, I would say, you know, check the build date. Um, you know, and go online. You can research around on Google and stuff. They they had a couple valve issues where um, the the supplier that was doing the valves for Ford actually missed a heat treatment process, and they started. What would happen was is you'd get the truck under a load and you're towing, and then they would start actually literally just disintegrating. They start flaking and stuff and and coming apart, and then they'd either drop a valve or or have a bunch of issues and develop a miss. Yeah, that was pretty short lived, and they they took care of that pretty quick. So you would stay away from possibly the early early elevens. You know, one thing that I personally, working at Autoland, working around them uh, in the shop every day, we saw a lot of 11s have just oil problems coming out of the turbos, uh, turbo. And then also, um, it blew my mind that they used a plastic oil pan. Yep, that was the early truck. Yep. Yeah, they did that. I think in 2012, I think they moved away from that, went, went to the steel pan. Mm-hmm. So you're saying 15 and up, and you're pretty solid at that point yeah they worked out a lot of the weird you know little problematic issues and stuff that they had so when your customer complains about how much the truck costs you can tell them look don't complain to me you didn't have to do a transmission you didn't have to do a turbocharger you've already had it made for this long and now you can spend a little bit more to make it even a little better absolutely yeah i mean we have customers you know that bought trucks in 2015 and you know they got they got tuned and got maintenance and correctly and you know there's guys with well over a hundred thousand miles on them at 600 plus but as far as like the uh the, the earlier models like you said the plastic pans definitely you know something that that sucked that they definitely messed up on there <laughs> but the uh as far as everything else though i mean they're they they didn't change uh, a whole whole lot up until after 14. that's awesome i'm gonna be a believer before I know it. Um, I've been a big fan of the platform, the 6.7 in general. And, you know, if the right truck came around, I would not um, pass that opportunity up, I think. Yeah, I think I think, <laughs> I think, for what you get for your dollar, you know what I mean? It's Especially the guy that just wants, you know, a solid running truck that can make, you know, 600 horse or, you know, high fives um, and still be able to do everything with it. I think that's... That's the key thing. You know, a lot of these guys, they, they want their hot rod, but they also want to be able to tow, you know, the boat to the lake or tow the trailer wherever they need to go. And, and, and you can you can have that, you know, and you don't have to worry about, man, am I going to have to put a tranny in this thing next week? You know what I mean? Yeah. They, they'll, they'll do it. So back to that first guy that Patrick was referring to, you know, let's say you got the override switch, um, you've done a few other small things. What are and the ECM, TCM tuning, is there anything else to help shave down that eighth mile time that you would do that would be a must-do in that early stages of building it? Well, 
I mean, there's always things you can do, you know. <laughs> um, we had some, some guys run uh, water methanol on them. That, that seemed to help a decent amount, but nothing nothing crazy. It was more of an EGT and towing help than anything. Um, but as far as, as as far as anything that's like a major trick, um, not really. Uh, the one thing that a lot of customers do, and this is kind of – not really anything to do with the eighth mile deal, but yeah, a lot of them they will. You get a lot of guys they they love doing burnouts. You know, everybody does. who doesn't. You know what I mean? And they'll throw that locker in there and they'll start doing a burnout and it's fine. They'll be roasting the tires off and then they start moving, and the truck just loses power. Well, even when you tune them and do all that stuff, if you do a rolling burnout, it'll sense the vehicle speed off of the front wheels and see that you're going, you know, 50 back there, 60 on the rear, and, you know, 5 on the front, and it'll actually, the ABS module will send through the network, it'll it'll send data to the PCM and tell it, like, hey, we should not be doing this. <laughs> you know, and it'll it'll actually depower through uh, a torque table in the PCM and, and, and pull the fuel out of the truck. Um, so what I tell a lot of people is if they're going to go out and, you know, screw around or go to the track or whatever, a really good thing to do is just pop your fuse panel open and pull the ABS fuses out. If you do that, it eliminates a lot of that traction control stuff, you know, if you're at the track. You know, I don't I don't really recommend doing it, you know, driving the truck every day. Mm-hmm. If you're at the track, you're, you're in a closed course-type environment um, or you're screwing around or whatever, pulling those fuses out will eliminate that, that defueling um, if you do spin while you're moving. So we've actually fought that with a, a lot of guys making big power at the track because even in four-wheel drive, you know, you're running a Nitto 420 or like a Toyo Proxy and they start spinning a little bit, um, you know, they'd be like out half track and or quarter track and the, the, the torque converter would hit and it would start shaking or spinning the tires a little bit. And even though they were all going the same speed, um, the airbag module will also pick up, you know, the truck thrown from side to side or, or whatever through the durometer or yaw rate sensor, and that'll put uh, stuff through the network into the PCM, too, and also kill fuel. So there's there's a lot of little things like that that can affect it, um, you know, at, at different power levels and stuff. That's great advice, Dan. You go into a wedding and you're going to, or you're going to the bar that night and you want to have a little fun – you pull those fuses, man. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. You want to do a burnout and you want to roll and show off in front of your friends? Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's, a, good, it's a good way to do it. You know, I'm not condoning that or anything, but, but, uh, but yeah, you can do that. It, it definitely helps. One of the things that popped up in a question and almost like a debate with our last podcast, um, when you talked about 150 PSI on the race truck, and factory gaskets and like in the Cummins world you know it's like you got a fire ring or o-ring at this certain power level and and all these different things and I wanted to to ask you kind of in this discussion about you know a truck that's a 500 horse and 650 maybe 700 do they need to be o-ringed if not why and then when do you have to do it if you do it at all on a 6.7 power stroke um well at this point I, I mean, as far as our engine builds and stuff, um, absolutely not. There's no need for it. Um, I mean, like I said, we've we've pushed them really hard, a lot of boost, and uh, 
and, and have not had any burning on the head gaskets, never pushed coolant with them. Um, they don't have an extremely large bore size, so that helps. And then you also have, you know, your six bolts per cylinder. And the, the thickness of the deck of the head and the block is fairly thick. Um, that helps tremendously. And, and a lot of people don't even consider that, but you get all that cylinder pressure pushing on that cylinder head. If the deck surface isn't extremely thick, that head flexes. So you, you get all that cylinder pressure built up, that head, that head surface will literally flex and cause it to blow out a head gasket. Um, so, you know, O-ringing and stuff like that, you know, that can, that can band-aid a lot of that. Um, the, the, the other big thing that we, we do, you know, whenever we're machining a deck surface or we're machining a cylinder head, um, it's huge on any truck that is running like an MLS gasket. Um, is surface finish. It's, it's your, your roughness average. They call it an RA finish. Um, we try to keep it below a 20% RA finish, and the lower the number, the more like glass it is. Um, I always like to explain it like this. Um, if you take, like, say, two pieces of sandpaper and you put oil on them and push them together, they're really easy to pull apart of, you know, pull off of each other. You know what I mean? If you take two pieces of glass and put a dab of oil on it and stick them together, try pulling them apart. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. That gives it, it literally gives it like a vacuum-tight seal. I mean, that, that roughness average, that, that smooth finish is huge on MLS gaskets. I mean, that, that's literally a make or break. Um, and going back, like the trucks that had a lot of gasket issues, like on the 6.0, you know, you put a decent size injector in it and an S300, S400 turbo on a 6.0, you're basically at the point where everybody else is O-ringing. Um, you know, obviously only being four bolts per cylinder, you know, you're going to get to a point where you're going to have to O-ring because you just don't have the clamping force. But we've ran all the way up to 60 pounds of boost, you know, made eight, 900 horsepower, never O-ringed, never had any problems, and it's, it's, it was all just because of the surface finish. You know, we've, we've literally brought trucks in the shop that had that problem, never changed anything on the setup, pulled the motor out, pulled the heads out, redid everything as far as that goes, cutting them and everything, put it all back together, didn't have any problems. So I think that's hugely overlooked, even in the Cummins world and the, the PowerStroke world, for sure. That's very interesting, kind of putting this all together with the robustness of the transmissions what you can do with tuning, the turbo improvements on the 15-plus trucks, um, what you can do on the fuel side, and then not having to you know, jump into machine work on the head, per se, and uh, be able to have a really you know, nice street truck, put some miles on it, or if you want to do like what you guys did with your race truck, you can do that as well. Yeah, for sure. Dan, I wanted to ask you real quick, what does... You know, with your shop and everything, what does a normal day look like? Can you kind of paint the picture to our audience of how busy you are with power strokes in general? Uh, it looks like chaos. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's it's crazy. Um, we we actually are in the process of uh, moving to another building, and and uh, we we're changing up a lot of things. I, I just talked to Patrick last last time I was on about a. Uh, you know, we're kind of, kind of transferring into a lot of uh, product development and product stuff, and uh, 
we still have all these customers that want service work done. So we're trying to figure out, like, you know, how are we going to meet the needs of, all our, of our service end and our product end and keep all this and then find the right employees to do it. And you guys know it's, it's, it's so hard to find, you know, good employees and everything that, that you can really trust, you know, to do to do each part of that business. Are you are you calling out um, our listeners if you live close to you to come and apply or what? Absolutely. I mean, anybody that has you know some experience in the industry, and you know, if you're the, my biggest thing, you know, for for what we look for in employees is is drive because that's something you can't teach. You know, it's it's the want to do something and 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 truly want to do something. You know, and and you know, have your heart in it. You you guys know how it is. You know, if you if you don't have your heart set in something and you don't have that drive, it's you, you're never gonna you know excel at it. But uh, mm-hmm. we're, once we get the facility moved and everything and 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 that, we're we're definitely gonna be looking for a, a lot more employees. So it's crazy right now. I can imagine the complete uh, complete pandemonium. You know that it, it is on a day to day basis. But the cool part is that there's actually everyone's so busy trying to do you know their job and get customers taken care of that there's there's productivity that comes out of it and there's actually order in the chaos <laughs> there definitely can be yeah for yeah. sure <laughs> yeah and it's weird too because everybody will end up doing you know nine million things all at once because they're 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 doing more than one job essentially and then it's like the dust settles at the end of the day and you kind of go from point a to point b with all those little jobs you were doing throughout the day and you're like oh man i actually finished that or or i didn't get this finished or you know it's it's crazy my favorite question to ask because after this show everybody's going to want to know how to keep tabs on you and your builds um can you give us a shout out on some of your social media like what what's your instagram and what's your facebook look like it's just spe diesel um that's our instagram and our facebook page uh, Amy runs all that stuff. You can you can reach Amy at uh, Amy at spdiesel.com. That would be uh, you know if you wanted to send in a resume or talk to her about something like that, um, that would be the person to talk to. And uh, it's pretty cool because she she handles so many questions that that uh, there's there's other people you know in in, in our business that they, you know they can't even answer. So Amy Amy does really good with that. So. Well, you better keep her. I'm telling I know. you. I married her for a reason, man. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Don't forget why you started that relationship. For sure. Absolutely. We appreciate you today, Dan, sitting down with us. And, you know, as, a, as the power stroke, the 6-7 power stroke market grows, the, the questions grow. And we encourage all of our listeners to always, no matter what type of engine it is or, or truck, to to uh, comment on social media, email us, you know, message us individually. And, and the, the kind of knowledge that, that you guys have, I mean, you guys started with this from the, the get-go, and there's so much knowledge there. So we appreciate you you know, talking to us, educating us and our listeners, and helping us make wise buying decisions. So now I've got to go check out 6-7 Power Strokes. And yes, Dan. And I don't have to buy transmissions. I just want to encourage our, our listeners as well to like this podcast, share it with people in your uh, forums that you're a part of, and share the wealth for sure absolutely yeah spread it spread it like wild wildfire don't forget diesel fans make sure and head on over to atsdiesel.com for any of your transmission needs especially the 68 rfe stuff which we're hearing a lot about right now 
or you can give them a call at 866-209-3695. And for tuning, make sure and check out PPI. Just go to PPI.com. If you're like, I've got a Duramax, Power Stroke, Cummins, or you want EFI Live, Easy Link, they've got you guys covered. Until next time, keep the shiny side up.